you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 528 now of the Ron and Don Show, and hell yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, we want to thank Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show. In fact, uh, there's spring tire sales going on right now, you guys. And we want to thank Mitch Not Loans. Yeah, if you uh, need any advice on from a mortgage broker, so he represents a lot of different products, you can uh, get in a hold of him at Mitch.Loans. And what about Spotify? Spotify is sponsoring the show now, and they want to let you know, if you want to start a podcast, they have just launched Spotify for podcasts. It's absolutely free of charge. Yeah. And also, what about those guys, Ron and Don? Uh, one of them I like. The other one, eh, a little bit <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> yeah. If you need help with real estate, yeah, just reach out to us. We can help buy, sell, invest, or you may just have questions. Ron loves to educate. Just go to ronandonsitdown.com. That's ronandonsitdown.com. Coming up on episode 528, yeah, here is why your carrier wants your old phone. You're not going to believe this story. And fire, fire, pants on fire. I told you about a fire I had at my STR, my short-term rental, one of my backyard cottages. I share with a partner. We had a fire eight weeks ago. I'm going to give you an update on that fire. And if you want to see pictures, go to my Facebook page right now or Instagram. Just look for Don O'Neill and Don O'Neill 30. Hey, live in studio right now, one of our great friends, Ron. In fact, you introduced me to Charles. Charles Scholl's here. He's an expert when it comes to plastics, when it comes to recycling. And one of the reasons we want to have him on today is my son told me the other day, he said, Daddy, I'd like to sit down and watch the news with you and then have some conversations about it. One of the things that he is really concerned about, and I love the fact that he's 12 and he's concerned about this, and he knows a hell of a lot more than I did when I was 12 or even now that I'm 55, we read this story about the fact that not only are our oceans full of plastic, but we have little plastic rocks that are showing up on beaches all over the world. And not only is that plastic in our oceans and showing up in plastic rocks on beaches, but it's also showing up on the interior of our bodies, you guys. This should be alarming. So at my house, my son has said, hey, dad, we need to be more focused on recycling about what we're throwing away. So we have three different doors at our house. And yesterday, my son and I went through everyone's garbage. We made sure that we were out in the backyard, the ADU downstairs. These people are from Texas. They don't really recycle where they're from. From Everything goes in the garbage dump. So we went, she doesn't know. So, and I leave, I leave messages and garbage cans. We went through all of her garbage last night. I have a backyard cottage. We went through all their garbage. I cannot tell you how much plastic would have been deposited in a local garbage dump or the transfer station if we wouldn't have taken 10 minutes to do that. Charles, talk to us a little bit because when it comes to plastics, 
uh, kind of give us your background a little bit. Then we got some questions, and then I want to talk about uh, uh, some behavior. But what is your background when it comes to plastics and the environment? Because I know it's something that you're very, very passionate about, right? It is. Yeah, I, you know, I started my career in the recycling business. And sort of made my way around the recycling triangle, if you will. Um, went off into the packaging side, went into the raw materials side of the business, and now I'm back into recycling. And so it's really given me a fantastic viewpoint of of from different perspectives to be able to um, help consult. So I want to start with with me, Charles, because I read the same article that Don did of these these hybrid plastic rock showing up it is alarming because we like to dive and we're into the environment mm-hmm. I, i've i've actually gotten worse over the past five years for a very specific reason i started reading stories and i even talked with you about specifically papers and plastic about china not accepting american uh recyclables anymore mm-hmm. and then i watched a documentary where they put a tracker on a bunch of different items and they tracked that thing from the a local recycling garbage can like i would have mm-hmm. to the final end product and they're like this is miserable the system is broken it doesn't work uh specifically the papers that you put into the garbage that you think are being recycled are not they're rotting somewhere sometimes in oregon sometimes on a barge and so i was like hey i'm a single guy doesn't matter um this is all a lie they're charging me for this stuff and it's not actually being recycled so i've for all intents and purposes don't pay attention anymore for those reasons should i there's a lot of uh there's a lot of information and and look the industry is evolving all the time um what you were referencing is called china sword policy and china Basically, um, they were a depositing ground. And not only China, a lot of places in Southeast Asia were a depositing ground for all of the recyclables that we as Western countries said, we can't use this. We'll, sh- we'll send it to China. They'll, they'll take it. They had enough. Um, it was depositing a lot of garbage into their communities. They were also buying mixed plastics, pulling out. Um, and for instance, I, I've been to in, into Indonesia, right? I've been out in fields where they're burning plastics that are not the the targeted plastics that they're really looking to recover, such as the PET bottles, the PP, and the HDPE. Those are the that's the holy grail, right? Those We've are the ones seen that those have major markets of villagers, and sometimes it's children on this giant mountain of plastic, and they're hand sorting it. And I was like, this uh, my one person doesn't make a difference. Um, yeah, you know that uh, it it it's true. Those and, and that was a problem. That was why that practice needed to end. We as Western countries can deal with our waste. We should deal with our waste here locally, and we shouldn't be um, expressing the, the greenhouse gas emissions right. in order to ship it across the country. So, so it should be here locally. Bring me up to speed on Seattle specifically right now. I got all these bins. If I go out and I put my papers in the paper one and my plastic in the plastic one and my glass in the glass one, what across those categories are they getting recycled right now? What percentage of it? Seattle has a fantastic program. It really does. It's a it's a a national leader um, in that there are the, it's the three bin system. You have organics, um, which go to an organic chain. You have the blue bin system, which is a commingled single stream of recyclable materials, and then you have black bin which is your municipal solid waste. Um, my company creates equipment that can 
sort all of that into usable streams. So we can even look go into the municipal solid waste where still a lot of recyclables make their way into. We identify them with AI and with, uh, with also with near-infrared. Mm-hmm. We're able to determine the polymer type. We're able to tell the shape. Wow. The brand of the of the material. It's all lasers there. these days, y'all. All lasers. <laughs> <laughs> and so we identify these materials, pull them out of those streams, and put them into marketed materials. And we target all of the materials that have established markets. So is None my, of this is my works paper being recycled right market. now? Yes. Is my plastic being recycled? Depends. And is my glass being recycled? Yes. Okay, so in I, this market, so yes, that's there's changed. not. There's so it's, not worth, glass. It's, it's worth the. I, I so I need to update my thing because I, I was under the impression that our paper was sitting on a barge somewhere and not rotting. Tr- not true. Okay. Yeah. What what happened to the old conveyor belt? I remember we did a story when we were on terrestrial radio, you know, ten years ago, and you just see your garbage on a conveyor belt, and humans were having to go through the garbage, and and this is when we were putting garbage on trains, selling it to Oregon, selling it to China. You're saying that AI is is is, is change. Just humans having to go through and and literally go through all our, all our garbage. No AI can identify materials um, just as a human would. It's visual, huh. and so it can determine the the structure, the size, and it identifies. And the neural network makes a positive match with the AI. The near infrared yeah. actually looks into the polymer makeup and can go beyond human recognition and make a decision on to whether that is a particular polymer type. So once you have recognition, now you need to capture. And you do that through an air system, which identifies, shoots a, a pocket of air yeah. into the, uh, and ejects it into a bin. And we also have rape robotics, where the robotics arms has a picking arm and it picks the material positively picking it you can either target contaminants you can suppress you can and there's all sorts of things that you can so so let's go let's let's go on a trip not a plastic i have a Lacroix can Mm -hmm. uh my son and i probably drink a 12 pack of Lacroix maybe every day every other day Mm -hmm. we take the cardboard right and we put that in the recycle and then we do the same with the cans right let's go on a journey what happens to this Lacroix can once it goes into my garbage can out in the alley where does it where does it go there's fantastic recapture rates on aluminum Mm -hmm. Um, we call that non-ferrous it's mostly aluminum in terms of in the in the commercial i mean in the residential stream there's a such thing called an eddy current and an eddy current um spins basically in in similar to a magnet but in an opposing way and it ejects that material from the eddy current belt it's a conveyor belt it senses that there's uh, that there is uh, aluminum, and boom, ejects it into another. So, so then we it gets really just get crushed into a big bo- a big square and sent somewhere. Yeah, and at the end where you have multiple bunkers that retain all of the segregated materials, then those get sent into a, pushed into a baler. So you make weight. And you make uh, you maximize the efficiency of a truck on the road or rail going to market. So you you now have a clean stream of marketable materials that goes direct to market to those individuals consumers to be smelted or melted or put through a pyrolysis process. And in such cases, as many of the plastics that we have that are contaminated plastics that may not be our primary PET polypropylene HD plastics. 
that now turns into what we call advanced recycling. And that's really where a lot of work is happening today. So, um, so 30 expi- seconds exciting. on the LaCroix can. This, this shows up back in the market how many days, months, years later, and it shows up as what? This, this old LaCroix can. It goes can to can. So it shows back up as a LaCroix can. Can to can. Yeah. Oh, no there's, uh, there's also in PET, there's bottle to bottle recycling. Um, in thermoforms, where it's, you yeah. know, your chicken trays and things, those, there's now technologies where you are, um, it has a particular melt density. And now we have tray to tray recycling. So wow. there's, we're really, we're making great strides in this. So incur, you know, stick with recycling. You know, if, if, if you have a doubt, throw it out. But if you're confirmed and you know it should be there, commit to it and, and do it. So, it's, so my son and I going out in the alley and, and going through the garbage is, is, is worth it. We're, not, we're helping the earth. We're not wasting I mean, I, mean we, I have so much hope for our future generation. I mean, it's kids like your son. They're engaged. They're listening. They're watching us. Yeah, it's important that we lead them and show them the way because they need to carry the torch. Is there anything that we can do with plastics? Because you're saying some plastic make it, some don't. Tell us more about that, and then uh, and, and then Ron, your follow ups. Why do some make it and, and and some don't? And what are the plastics that companies really, really want? So there's a lot of evolution in the uh, in the recycling plastics recycling. Right now, we're looking for pure streams. We're looking for um, a milk carton or a container. We're looking for PET bottles. We're looking for laundry detergent bottles. Those are all items that are pure. So there's lots of multi-materials that have layers of various types of plastics. That makes it difficult for reclaiming that, that plastic in its original. So you can't go bottle to bottle with something that's like that. It's also hard to identify um, just because you'll identify the outer layer, but there may be more of a particular plastic that's on the inner layer. Wow. And so there's that's primarily in the flexible packaging and film packaging mm-hmm. business, um, which uh, we are also getting aggressive on uh uh, on processing, identifying, and you know that's mostly in the industrial it, type of. Uh, then my my final question process. for you, and we've ran a little bit long here. Well, let, my, let's my do final... this. Let's let's come back because I have a couple more questions, and one of the questions I want to know is why are plastic in the ocean, and are they in our kids? Are they in our bodies? And and what are we going to do about that? Let's talk more with Charles Scholz uh, on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, can we talk about Les Schwab and Les Schwab tires for a moment? Hey, before you go anywhere, this is what I want you to do as we head into the spring driving season. Stop by Les Schwab and ask for a free pre-trip safety check. What does that mean? They'll get your tires, your batteries, your brakes, your lines, so much more. Then they make recommendations based upon what you really need, Ron, and not what they're trying to sell you, right? Yeah, but if you do need new tires, you can save up to $150 during the Les Schwab Founders Day celebration sale on select tire sizes and types. Schedule an appointment today at leschwab.com, or you can just stop by. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, you guys, money, 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 money. Let's talk about money and let's talk about real estate agents, big brokerages, small brokerages and commissions. Money, money, money. Guess who doesn't want to talk about it? Yeah. 
Sometimes you're a real estate agent that took all your money is in a Cancun right now. <laughs> or a real estate agent that I know that just made $60,000 and he went out and bought a play. Ron, it is pretty incredible that brokerages, real estate agents, they don't want to talk about commissions. And guess what? We do. Because when it comes to commissions, everybody should make sure, whether you use us or somebody else, that you negotiate that commission. That right there is non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable. And there have just been some huge changes in how this all works in Washington State. Uh, the lawyers all got together. They have rewritten all of the rules around this, all of the forms, all of the disclosures. And it is radically different than even six months ago on how we disclose who gets paid, how you get informed about who and what and how everybody gets paid. Don and I would like to do that journey with you, let you know with full transparency so you can trust exactly what is happening in your real estate. Yeah, we're journey. always going to talk about the commission. And I will also say this. Sometimes you guys are paying too much. Sometimes you're not paying enough, right? If you want me to do all the work to your house, you're going to have to pay me. Do you want to do all the work and we're just selling your house? Yeah, let's pay you, all right? Find out more at ronanddonsitdown.com. Let's talk commissions at ronanddonsitdown.com. And make sure, even if you're using another agent, one of the first things you should be talking about is the things that people don't want to talk about, and that's your money, 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 money. And now, back to the Ron and Don Show. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I think we're going to just punt on the other topics today and, and, and stay, stay with Charlie and, and finish out this particular podcast. Ron, you had a question. So, Charles, I, I'm very curious. You, you were one of the guys I got certified scuba diving with in, in Costa Rica. And, um, you know, when we were looking at this and going into the ocean, I don't know if it was you or it might have been your son that talked to me about this giant glob of plastics that's floating around in the ocean. Is there any movement and progress on cleaning up the stuff floating around the world? You know, there's a lot of hope for recovery in those uh, ocean, I think it's gyres, gyres. I, right. And, um, you know, it's really not a recovery mission. Um, it's a, uh, you know, in, in the sense that there's no value in it except for waste to energy type applications. So the cleanup is really not in a, a recycling effort. It's a, it's, it, I'm, I apologize. It is a recovery effort, but just in, in terms of it's garbage. Right. And, or there's, um, there's thermal value in that, that it can be turned Cause it's an alarming amount of stuff. It's massive. And so is it literally like we need a, a fleet of ships to go out and burn fossil fuels? There's all and sorts of tests, technologies out there that are working on these on these gyres and 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 doing making some really good progress on them. The microplastics that we get that, that we were referring to earlier, um, come into our we come into contact them in all sorts all sorts of ways. They were, you know, there's microplastics on the summit of Mount Everest. Hmm. There's microplastics in our food. It's it's everywhere. So it's I, in the fish that we eat. It's it's you and I caught a beautiful fish in Costa Rica, or you did. I was on the boat. When when we then consume that fish later uh, as as a ceviche, was were we also consuming plastics? Yes. Wow, that's crazy to think about. It so is. so you you have you're about to be an empty nester. We were just talking about some other things offline. Uh, if if there's plastic in my son's body and in your kid's body, I, th I think at some point, I mean, 
you lived in Louisiana for a long time, so you've done enough self damage. <laughs> I did the same. There's a Boy, lot of chemical companies good, around there. Boy, did I have a hell of a good time down there, and, and hopefully, all the Jack Daniels and Cokes I used to drink on Bourbon Street killed off a lot of the plastic. What it, What is your concern about the plastic in our body, and how will we know? When we've hit a tipping point where maybe we didn't tip, but we turned back, we self-corrected. And again, my hope is in this generation that sees race differently, uh, that sees recycling differently, they're going to look at us as parents one day and say, hey, my parents got it wrong. Just like I look at my parents or my grandparents. I'm like, they did a lot of things right, but just culturally, they got some things wrong. We, we are getting this wrong as their parents how do we turn this around? How does our generation help? How do we start getting the, getting getting this right? I live by the the uh, the line: know better, do better. And you can only do better once you know better. And then if you don't do better once you know better, well, then what kind of example are you leaving? Um, I, I live by that. I think that um, a lot of people subscribe to that. Um, I certainly uh, lead by example with my children. And I've made a, a, a choice to be in the industry that I'm in. I'm actually making a lot less money than what I uh, have in the past, but it's a passion project for me. It's, it's important for me to finish my career in a way that gives back, hmm. that I'm actually not living a career and a personal life. This is my life that I choose. This is what I live by. And I talk about it in my personal life and I talk about it in my business life. So I feel really blessed to be able to live my authentic self through that passion. That's the example I'm setting for my kids. My daughter looks at me and she says, I want to do what he does. And to me, that is the best thing in the world. Is there, is there any pressure we can put on? I remember years ago, you and I talking about someone like an Amazon and you were like, you were part of a group that's like, Hey, do you need to put a box inside a box, and inside the box is a clamshell, and inside right. the clamshell it's wrapped in foil, and then inside oh, the foil God. is a yeah. sheet of It's like, sure. is there any pressure as consumers we can put on to go, I, I got a package the other day that was literally a box inside a box, and inside the box was a bunch of foam, and inside the foam, it's like, just give, send me the item. Just send me the item. Yeah, I mean, Amazon specifically has made great strides in their sustainability, um, and, and I really respect um, a lot of the things that they do. And um, just in general, um, the packaging company is a very big ship to turn, but it takes these conversations from, it takes policy, it takes industry, it takes technology, sharing information and being able to turn these ships. So packaging industry is really making great strides right now at changing, looking at all of the types of packaging. Do we really need to make it out of this? Can we make it out of something different? You know, I, I looked at, I did a study uh, and, and looked into the whole plastic bag, paper bag at the grocery store, right? Looking at that, okay, what's going to be the best greenhouse gas emissions? You know, what is it? Well, guess which one? I, mean, I would say paper. You'd say paper what? Paper bag is better. No. Really? From a greenhouse gas emissions standpoint, plastic wins all day long when you have a T-shirt bag or a, or, or a paper grocery bag. Not only that, there's not enough logistical capacity on our planet to move if we transferred all of the units of plastic into paper. There's not enough warehousing capacity to warehouse it all. There's not enough trucks to move it, right? 
So with that, what do we do? Well, unfortunately, we have to go the route, which is the most difficult route of changing human behavior. We really need to have people using reusable bags to, to a great extent, right? We need to have retailers making hard choices and making hard stops. And there's a lot of big ones. Walmart, I just uh, heard that they're now no longer um, allowing any plastic bags in any of their stores in Washington State. That's a huge move on a, a, from a big retailer, right? Say, look, if you want to bring things from this retailer, you got to bring a bag in or you got to have a, a box or a paper bag, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> it's, uh, it, it takes that type of leadership, that type of bravery, by large retailers and, and, and packaging companies to to help facilitate that type of uh, that type of action. Yeah, let's talk about construction a little bit because you're a builder. You've built homes, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful homes. I'm sitting in a house right now that people think because because this house and the one that you see next door through this window, these are built at the same time. Sister houses. Here are sister wives. These are sister houses. <laughs> that was built in 1907. This one was built first in 1906. Just little kit. Sears and Roebuck houses, right? Yeah. Maybe $3,000 houses at the time. The interesting thing was when I took this house apart and I built this house, I didn't demolish it with a bulldozer. And, and I actually saved money because I dismantled the old house with crowbars. Then we took a lot of the old growth lumber and the trusses and everything that were in this house. And when I put it out on the internet that we had old growth lumber, Trailers and people were lined up and down the street. And even though there's lots of nails in this old growth lumber, people are willing to come to pick it up, to pound the nails out, and refurbish. Uh, I think of some of the doors, some of the five, seven panel doors that we see in homes uh, with some of these old doorknobs. Those doorknobs today are worth $115 just for that old doorknob that that was in this house. So... While it's been driven by the fact that old stuff is kind of cool, old growth lumber is amazing. We're 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 harvesting. Uh, we're not cutting down. Hopefully, as much old growth lumber, but we're doing a lot of harvesting. And and in the same way that we grow Christmas trees, we grow lumber. It that was driven by a sense of saving the earth, kind of. But it was really driven by a sense of there's a lot of money to be made when you pull things out of old homes. And, you and it's go- cool. It yeah. was made really well. It's yeah. not particle board. It's solid yeah. wood. It's and a, I mean, like, there's like value if, in that. Like if you go downstairs, if you walk into my office, there's a door from a Costco cooler. The reason I have that door there is every day I walk into my office, I remind myself when I was 25, I was getting up in the middle of the night. I don't know if I've ever shared this story. <laughs> And I was here at the first Costco in Kirkland, Washington. I had lost my job, and I was going there, and I, all I owned was a motorcycle. And I would go there, and I'd walk into this cruiser, uh, this cooler, put on a black leather jacket at night, the same one that I'd wear on my motorcycle. And I remember stocking specifically processed hams. I would stock the cooler. <laughs> I did that for years. And cool. when, I, when I see that door that I use as an office door now, it, and recycled it, it reminds me to be good to the earth, but also it reminds me where I've of come from. Of your journey. From. Yeah, yeah, the journey. Of, yeah. Of so so is there a profit to be made in this? Because what it really comes down to for a lot, of, a, a lot of politicians, for a lot of tech that's behind this, they want to make sure that financially it's either a push or that they can make money. 
where are we on money, the recyclables, and how this gets paid for? Yeah, look, this is all about markets, right? There are established markets for raw materials. And the C&D industry, construction and demolition industry, <clears throat> I also have to make a plug for our company. We make massive systems which consume C&D waste. And so we identify with the same technology. We sort, we segregate it, and it turns into um, wood chips and you know, and concrete that gets recycled and repurposed. And however, I, I love the the interim step, and this is the scavengers, right? These are the guys that are making money and grow and and growing businesses with showing up at a site and buying that material and and reclaiming that material and reselling it at as as local businesses. I love that because. It is a, a excellent use of greenhouse gas emissions to go localized, stay localized, to not put another process in place of making OSB co- corrugated. No, I mean not corrugated um, lumber. Right. You're, you know, you're making uh, your, your true reuse. That's always the the first. So I, I I love all of that. It takes an entire change of thought it takes an ecosystem in order to be directed with money and it's and it's about markets if there's value there people will do it and if we place value on these things it'll happen and um and so that's why you know there's great strides being made and people looking at expanding you know the types of plastics that we can take in but if there's not a market for that it's not going to work all right we come back we're gonna finish up with charles schultz he's an expert when it comes to plastics Plastics floating around our ocean. Fish we eat. Fish is, think of mega-3s. I mean, fish is one of the number one things that, that you can eat and consume, right? Or is it? Uh, we'll see what the research says. We come back. Give us three, four, five things that we all can do right now because uh, I don't think we're all going to get an A+. Every once in a while, some pieces of toilet paper from someone who is staying in one of my rentals uh, enters the recyclable, and I'm not diving for it. We'll talk to you on the other side. Three, two, one, buy down. What the hell does that mean? Uh, Mitch is here from Mitch.loans. What is a three, two, one buy down? Because when the market was going crazy these past couple of years and there weren't enough homes for all the buyers and money was cheap, I didn't hear about three, two, one, buy down. What is that? Yeah, and investors are definitely bringing it back. And you hear me say all the time, your rate is not your rate. There's room to negotiate. And now with sellers being in a little bit of a panic, they can actually give you money to buy down your rate. They can do it up front or they can do a buy down. And a 3-2-1 buy down means that you get a rate of 3% less than the market rate for a year, 2% less for another year, 1% less for another year. And it's the year four that you finally actually start paying the current rate. And if you refi out, you actually get all of that prepaid interest refunded back to you. So there's no risk. If rates drop in the next year, you get all that money back. You didn't waste that money. Yeah. So you hear everyone say all the time, date the rate, marry the property. That's how you do it with a three, two, one, buy down from Mitch.loans. Reach out to him today. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. This has been, this has been fascinating to have Charles here. Uh, real quick, I notice when people come from around the world and stay at my properties, and and they do come from around the world. So, so I've noticed a lot of young people are very concerned about recycling. 
but the amount of takeout that they get and consume is amazing. Like I have a kitchen, an ADU in my downstairs basement. I have a place for a stove. I've never had to put it in because people don't use the stove. They use a hot plate and it's takeout, takeout, takeout. I just went through the garbage downstairs because our garbage collector is coming. And it was just takeout box after takeout, after takeout, after takeout, a lot of Trader Joe's. I have someone staying at a different property, about 12 people staying at a property over in Magnolia. And they're from a different part of the country. And I, and I, I knew that we we're gonna talk about this today. They, they were so confused about the recycling and so confused about the colors of cans. And to me, it's pretty simple. And I explain it in a letter I send out. And they're like, hey, we come from a rural part of the world where we just burn our garbage. And then whatever we don't burn, we put it in a can, they come by, they pick it up. And I don't know what happens to it. What are some of the things that we can do in our families now to take some personal responsibility and say, guys, if you do this, It'll make a difference for your two children, my kid, and all Ron's illegitimate children that are growing up right now. You know, let me start with sharing something, just some some data, right? That that is interesting. Um, every year, we produce 35, 36 million. This is 2020 data. 35 to 36 million tons of virgin resin every year. Of that, 16 million, 16 to 17 million of that is directed into making single-use plastics. Those are the things that we use every day. We use it one time and we discard them. Or then it goes into, some goes into the recycle stream, some goes into landfill, some goes waste to energy. Um, Just to give you a sense of where we are as a global community, but I'll I'll keep it in in the U.S., all of the large consumer packaging company, I mean, consumer goods companies, they call them CPGs, consumer product goods companies, have declared through their ESG and their sustainability goals that they are going to include a certain level of recycled content in all of their new packaging and all their products. You have um, companies like Diageo and um, Danone, which have you know, been really aggressive, 50%, 40%. But really, the market tends to normalize around 25% content, recycled content. That allows us to forecast what we may need from the market to be able to facilitate that demand. That demand equates to 4.5 million tons. We only have access to two that we're collecting from a infrastructure standpoint. My company is making great strides to provide infrastructure and to lower capital expenditure costs to be able to facilitate that. Currently today, only 50% of our country has access to curbside recycling. That's right. hmm. So we have the opportunity when you talk about, oh, well, can we take this type of plastic? and that? Let's just do the blocking and tackling right. Let's just get that out into the community. How can we reach those tons? Well, if we deliver services to those other 50% of the country, that gets us there. We're able to pull that into the stream, and we're actually able to meet the demand. It's about balancing markets, about creating you know, value to that supply and demand. Right now, there's a tremendous gap, and it's 
primarily mm-hmm. due to infrastructure. So would you say after hearing that, that the, a place like the Pacific Northwest is relatively educated and we sort of know best practices and we just need to do what we already know and that other parts of the country need to come up to speed? Would that be fair? I would say that municipalities um, have lost their momentum in the educational front. I think that um, they could certainly do a better job. And I think where new programs are being installed and being encouraged and new systems are being installed, there's this, there's this, this invigoration and where they're you know, deploying uh, education. I think where we could really stand to um, gain some improvement is by agreeing across the whole country this is how we're going to run a recycling program. That's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. But trying to say, look, if it's all the basic food containers that you use, you know, and, and, and if you put those in there and stop, if we can identify what is the difference between recycling and wish cycling, you know, wish cycling is when you think, I think they can recycle this. I'll just go ahead and put it in the recycle bin. Well, what happens is that creates inefficiencies through the recycle stream. We have to collect that, and then that's an inefficient way to get that ultimately to the landfill anyway. So if, it's, if, you're, if you're in doubt, throw it out. Yeah. My, my final question for you. And maybe it's better now. Three years ago, right before COVID, so maybe three and a half, I was visiting my cousins where I was born in Chicago, in a, in a north suburb, Fox Lake. And I always do the dishes when I go visit people. I've done the dishes at your house. I like, yes, you I have. like doing Thank the dishes. You. I like contributing. And, and then I also, like when I go to Ron's, I'll take the garbage out. I like taking people's, go- like mundane activities that I know people don't like doing, I like doing those things for them because it's it's something I can do to add a little value. It's nice when you go over and someone takes your garbage out for you. But sometimes I go through their garbage and I recycle it, and, and I've done that over at Ron's as well. I was amazed that they have just one can that goes out to the curb and there's no recycling like you said. On the side of the truck, it says waste management. It's the same damn truck that rolls through my alley. What's really interesting about my waste management truck, there are times when my tenants, guests, have mixed the garbage and they won't pick it up. And there was a lawsuit here a number of years ago because I had my garbage man leave me a couple when they're all trying to teach us. And instead of listening to the guard, I got pissed at the garbage man and I did a thing on the radio and how dare he go through my garbage. And then there was a lawsuit and here the garbage man can't go through your garbage anymore. If I really think about it, that was all my ego. The garbage man was trying to help me and the earth out. Right. But I was so pissed off to the garbage manager. It is amazing, though, that you have a waste management truck in Illinois and a waste management truck here in Seattle. The garbage man was going through my garbage and leaving helpful notes, and there they're just dumping it. What what, what do the companies that are making money and profiting off my off our garbage, What what is their job in, in, in all this? That's my final question. Yeah, great question. The um, You know, the large waste companies do a great job of what they are – hired to do. And in every municipality and in every uh, community, that is defined by the contract, which is typically a municipal contract, which directs 
their actions and the program. They are facilitators. They, they are the experts in transportation, in collection, processing, landfilling. Some areas, some markets, they own landfills. Some areas, some markets, they own material recovery facilities. And so every market is different. And they have to optimize this because they're a business. They're a publicly traded business. And they need to follow the letter of the of the contract that they are bound to by the local municipalities. And so that's why you have different services looking different. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot to um, there's a lot of details there, of course. That Dude, you should be up. just driving the country, speaking in every school, every university. You this today, uh, I have such a, a clear understanding about, hey, going out in the alley or on Sunday nights when I go to the Magnolia house and the neighbors see my son and I put it. We have garbage gloves and we're just yeah. going through the garbage over there because. People are from somewhere else and they don't understand the the sorting of the garbage. So it's good to hear because I was kind of on that train with Ron. What I'm doing isn't making a difference. I know we stopped selling to China. The trains to Oregon either slowed down or stopped. And it's 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 good to know that the effort that the effort matters. So thank you. It matters. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with Charles, we'll have that in the show notes. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, Ron, how do people reach out? Yeah, you can email me directly, Ron at Ronandon.com. You can go to our website if you'd like to schedule a sit down and talk real estate at Ronandonsitdown.com. And Don's email is Don at Ronandon.com. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening today. Don't forget to get signed up. The Nation News, that's in the same spot. If you need us to sit down, as Ron said, we love sitting down virtually. And you know what? Sometimes we're not going to be a good team. Sometimes we're going to be a great team. We sat down with someone a couple of years ago, and they just recently reached out to us this week and said, hey, thanks for the sit down two years ago. I'm ready. It's time. And so here we go into the buyer pool, and we're going to go out and... um and start seeking out a new home for them. For some of you, it might be an investment property. In fact, Charles and I were just talking about, hey, when we retire, how can we leverage the real estate that we have to help us and fuel our retirement, right? Because if your check stops coming from your W-2 job, how do you keep checks coming that's more than your 401k, just your pension, or for some people, a lot of Americans, all it is is Social Security, and now the government taxes that social security which to some of us seems so unfair and also they say well it's going to run out here in the next decade so just reach out run it on sitdown.com hey you guys thanks for listening to today's show keep your head up your shoulders back don't forget tomorrow on a friday we have a show that's going to drop that's just about real estate we do it every friday typically it's about 18 minutes for some reason it's one segment and uh, Ron and I, Ron went to a seminar this week about the 1031 exchange. So he's going to educate us on what he learned. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Only.